Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the doctor, or should I say Banksy, as she travels the Vortex and arrive at episode 403. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Well, I'm not Banksy. You aren't? <laughs> I'm not Do you Banksy. have a disappearing pin? I do not. Oh. Or are you? <laughs> <laughs> do you guys have a good week? Yeah, not too bad. I have a pretty good week. Do anything fun? We went to uh, Pumpkin Bash at the zoo. Oh, how was that? It is all right. It's both the zoo without the candy. There's no candy? Nope, no candy. Not even no for the kids? candy? No. Well, because Boo at the Zoo happened during the day with the candy, so you got to Boo at the Zoo for the candy. Oh. Pumpkin Bash was more of just, I think it, it, it says it's geared toward families. So we took Mason because I had free tickets, but it was still mostly little, little, little kids. So, hmm. But, you know, we he hadn't been to the zoo for a while, so we looked at some of the animals and at a mount's house, and he's just on the verge of getting too old for it, so we indulge him and let him go. <laughs> because sometimes we're going to have to say, sorry, this is the cutoff age. We watched a couple movies. What'd you watch? We watched Tomb Raider. The new one? The new one. What'd you think? It was okay. It wasn't bad, but it was better than I expected. Hmm. It wasn't very true to the video game that it was based on, but it was... If we were on TV, I would probably leave it on again. But I wouldn't go out and buy it and rewatch it. Didn't make me want to replay the game. So if it's a video game based on a, or a movie based off a video game and it makes you want to replay the game, that's doing something right, yeah, right? Maybe. What else did you watch? And we watched Rampage. <laughs> and it was okay too. I, I didn't have high expectations, but it wasn't quite as fun as I thought it would be. I think that's mostly because no one else thought it was a comedy besides The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else took it far too seriously. Oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Morgan. Morgan? Is it Henry Dean Morgan? Oh, yeah. He he kind of thought it was he a comedy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he knew it was a comedy. Another one I wouldn't run out to buy, but I'm glad I watched it. Uh, I watched Christine. Is that one you hadn't it's seen one before? one I hadn't seen before. Wow, hmm. that's a great movie. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. No, I, I, I really like Christine. I like the book a lot. I haven't read the book. The movie's either. kind of so c- coming at it properly, I guess, and seeing the movie first, so that I'll be even more impressed by the book later. Yeah, but, yeah, you yeah. Know, I, I I thought it was a lot of fun. It's uh, it suffers from that '80s trope of when a car's coming at you, get out of the way, just move to. You talked about that last week about people running from something, run, just run, run the left. Yeah. That movie is the epitome of just get out of the way. Nope, I'm going to run all the way down the darkened highway, <laughs> looking over my shoulder at the headlights. At least the one closer. guy. At least the one guy goes for the alley, but doesn't really stop Christine. <laughs> <laughs> I read um, Star Wars Aftermath. Oh, what did you think of it? I think you said this for a book that's called Aftermath. You expect to be about your core characters. It was not. Nope. But they're interesting characters. I will go on with the series because I want to see how this team evolves. Um, yeah, and I great. thought the, the villainess in this was way one-dimensional. There was just... And, and our heroes basically just... They bumble their way through this with dumb luck. Uh, they all have potential. That's why I want to keep going on to see how they develop as a team because they all have potential as their characters. But they really just kind of stumble through. That kind of defines New Hope, though. 
Yeah, but this is not done well. <laughs> I didn't feel like it had the, the tone of a Star Wars book either. I it think felt it was, very different. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Let's move on to some news. Our first bit of news, Big Finish has announced the Third Doctor Adventures Volume 5. What's special about this is the Brigadier is returning to Big Finish Audio. This time, voiced by John Colshaw. And John Colshaw has been given the stamp of the Hazeman Estates. Yay. Yay. Stamp of approval. Yes, the stamp of approval. They are very. They just stamped him. They just stamped him. <laughs> nope, yep, you're good to go. So he's going to be joined by Tim Trelore, who plays the third doctor, Katie Manning, and John Levine. John, Yay. right? John. Yes. John. Did I get the last name right? Benton. Benton. <laughs> <laughs> There's also going to be a story which features Liz Shaw, Katie Manning, the Brig, and the third doctor. Who's voicing Liz? Her daughter. Oh, neat. Really? Oh, good. Daisy Ashford is going to be playing Liz. Yay. So I'm really excited to hear that kind of story with Joe and Liz together. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Plus, I haven't heard any clips of this uh, the guy doing the brig, but if if the state says he's good, I have no doubt that he's going to be fantastic. Because nice. Tim Trelore does such a good job. Yeah, he does. For the third Doctor. I can't believe there's ready. they're ready for Volume 5. I think I've only listened the first one. Wow. <laughs> Time to get listening. <laughs> what else? Speaking of the Brig, uh, Candy Jar Books have announced the next book in the Laughing Gnome series, The Danger Men by Nick Walters. This time, however, it features a different Brig, the uh, Brig Bishop. Brig Bishop. Brig Bishop. That's a odd in my mouth. <laughs> I could have just said Brigadier Bishop. Brigadier Bishop. It still, still, feels, weird. still feels weird. <laughs> it's Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. It's, that's who the Brig is to me. That's exciting. I'm super excited. It's very stoked for this book. I love the cover. It looks uh, very James Bond. So amazing. The, 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 I have one little problem with the cover. It's trying to invoke a James Bond feel, which I love. Let's go there. I like that. I'm 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 all in for that. But instead of looking like James Bond, the the, car- the guy in that book looks more like Johnny English. In fact, it's almost well, a, a movie coming it's out. It's almost so. a Johnny English pose. It and really I, is. I hate to say that because it's great. It's great artwork. It's just when I first looked at that, I thought I didn't think James Bond. I thought Johnny English. Uh, I totally thought James. That's that's right off of uh, the Spy Who Loved Me. Or for your eyes yeah, only. a little bit. It's that. It's that. Um, that Roger Moore pose. Artsy cover art for, or not cover art, but uh, poster art. Nah, I just it. it the, the hair's a little bigger. It's it just if the, if the eyebrows were darker, it'd be Rowan Atkins, right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of excited by Johnny English three. I am too. I, I like the first two movies a lot. And Julian Anderson's back. So it's a third one. I thought it was. A, oh, I didn't realize there yeah, was a second Johnny one. English. Johnny English Reborn. And then oh, this I is Johnny English Returns or Born I Again. I don't know. Johnny English Again. Yeah, yeah I don't something know. like that. <clears throat> I really like the first two films. Of course, I, I'm a huge fan of Rowan Atkins. But yeah, Rowan can do no wrong. Man, I love him. Well, that's exciting stuff. And I'm not trying to poo-poo the cover art because <laughs> it just, that's what it. Johnny it, English Strikes Again. Strikes Again, yeah. Like the Pink Panther. Yep. <laughs> this book will be set in the 1990s. Ooh. 1999, sorry. Turn of the century. 
as he's trying to get back to 2011. Very cool. So that's pretty exciting. So, so you can pre-order it now. I, I presume, well, we know that the brig went forward to 1980. Um, now we know that Bishop went forward to 1999. Well, Back. He went and, back. Oh, he did. He went back. Was, From 2011. Yeah, he went back to 1990. Um, and is presumably back going back to 1960s. Yeah. So, yeah, he went back to 1980, right? Yeah. So the fourth book in the series is going to be Brig Winifred, right? Well, I guess they all went back, <laughs> I guess, from that perspective. Bishop goes back to 90. Um, Brig went back to 80 and... Anne's going back to 1960. Yeah. Oh. Coming soon. I'm excited. Exciting stuff. And our last bit of news, NASA, working on the Fermi Gamma Ray Space Telescope, have named a Gamma Ray Constellation TARDIS in tribute to Doctor Who. So I can't tell you where in the sky it is, but it's... (laughs) It's out there in space somewhere. Constellation. They Tardis. can't either. It keeps moving around and sometimes, disappearing and sometimes reappearing. They don't have any, any choice where it's going to end up. And <laughs> it's almost like a randomizer's sometimes on. Sometimes but... it takes itself where it's needed most. <laughs> I've, I've kind of always thought that there's always been a constellation TARDIS. It's just disguised itself as all the other constellations at one point in time or another. That's a good way to look at it. Because its chameleon circuit works. This is constellation like a box of stars, then, is it? I'm assuming it's, it looks more complex. I don't think they've released an official picture of the uh, constellation. When does any constellation look like what they say it's supposed to uh, be? Orion. It's about the only one that I can see an archer in. The only one I can see I can only archer. see the belt. Oh, you can see. You can totally see his bow. It, the, there's a star pattern that does this. I can only ever there, see the them. Two, there's like a triangle for the head. I mean, it, it's again, it's it's rough. But it's the only one that I look at and go, okay, I can see an archer in that. See, what's funny is... I need the lines drawn for me. (laughs) I see an archer, and I know what you're talking about with this thing. But the actual, if you look at a drawing of the constellation, it's always a guy who's a hunter and he's got a club. And it's like, did you even read the story? It's about, he's an archer. I've never never seen an illustration where he's got a club. It's always a club. He looks like a caveman. It's It's terrible. It's not always, because I've seen lots of... Drawings of the constellation. I have yet, I have yet to see one with an archer. But <laughs> the only one, for me, the only one that looks like what it's supposed to be is the Big Dipper. Okay, that's a ladle. Well, <laughs> got it. Good yep. job, guys. Yeah, you got that, that one. That's true. That's true. Although, in the Big Dipper is a more modernized version of it. They didn't call it the Big Dipper back in. That was a that came around in the last two centuries. So yeah, <laughs> but I'm saying of the things that they named. Way long ago. Yeah, but that's not a picture of it. That's just the line. But being yeah, drawn look up an illustration because I'm sure it'll be a guy with an archer. Oh, because okay. I've only ever seen pictures of a guy with an archer. That's I've never seen one. I only get the <laughs> constellation. Anything else? Is that what you're looking at? No, I've never seen one with a sword or and shield. a shield. Yeah, I've never seen one with a sword and a shield. But there's no bow. <laughs> that's it for news. <laughs> Cool. Well, should oh. we move on to uh, feedback? Let's. There is a club. There's, there's, there's a, a club, club and a shield. Yeah. Oh, me what do we have in feedback, Keith? This week in feedback, we have Holly. Holly writes, hey guys. Wow. What an episode. 
and a historical episode to boot. I'm still trying to take it all in. Once again, the TARDIS takes the Doctor where they need to be instead of where they want to be. It is a tough topic to tackle, but I think they did a good job handling it. I'll wrap it up here. Holly from Wisconsin. Very good. Thank, Thank you, you, Holly. Holly. Well, should we move into our review of Rosa? Let's. You know, I, I'm ashamed to admit that it took me a while to get the joke in the title. Rose, Rosa. The playoff of Rose. The fact that, you know, never mind. I didn't think they were going for a joke. Maybe not a joke, but the playoff of. You think so, they were going, they were playing they were off, of play off of Rose? Yeah, because it's such a similar name. I don't get. I don't see it. They didn't name it Rosa and the Doctor. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So maybe, maybe that was intentional, Rosa. or something. I didn't else. think that. I don't think they were going there. I think you're reading more into that one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Montgomery, Alabama, 1955. The Doctor and her friends find themselves in the deep south of America. As they encounter a seamstress by the name of Rosa Parks, they begin to wonder whether someone is attempting to change history. What did you think? I liked it. I liked it a lot. I was really, really trepidatious about this episode because I thought if they don't do it right, it could really go south and be... I don't even know that it would have gone to offensive level, but cringeworthy at the very least. Mm -hmm. I think somebody described it well enough, and I wish I could remember who said this because I read it in a post, but they called it a scaffolding episode, and I think that's exactly the exact term for it. Not in a bad way, not in a derogatory way. I think in the sense that the core story is still there and our heroes interact indirectly with history, which I think makes this story work, is that the story isn't changed or altered from the perspective of history. Mm -mm. It's the things that set up and surround it that do. And I like the fact that there's a rogue agent there and we don't know much about him other than he was in prison. He was in Storm Cage. He has a vortex manipulator. I was really afraid they were going to say it was one of uh, Rivers' other incarnations. Although you can't make that work. No. Um, and then, so I was really, I, I, I really appreciated the way that they went about it. They, they kept the humor just enough to give it a little bit of levity, but didn't do it at the expense of the history and the how heavy the topic is. Um, I like that they took elements of, uh, uh, what's the character's name? The guy, the not Graham, but Ryan, Ryan. I always want to say Brian and I go, no, that's not right. It's just drop the beak, Glenn. Ryan. <laughs> I, I thought it was neat that Ryan was able to get that close to history without influencing anything or saying something wrong that that upsets things or or puts it out of takes me out of the story. I think that was all handled really well. It was neat for that that he was able to be introduced to Martin Luther King, but he didn't influence Martin Luther King in any other way. Uh, Quantum and Leap comforting as opposed to saying right. something like, "Oh, I bet you have a dream." Right. You know, Quantum Leap Rose would have done. Quantum yeah. Leap always did history stories really well, and I thought this did that. However, Quantum Leap occasionally would for the sake of a joke, make Sam influence something that happened in order to 
at the expense of making a joke out of it. And I was really afraid this episode might try to do that. Or you're not trying think to be clever do of because, seeding something. Right. They're not yeah. seeding anything. They are making sure that the events happen as they do. And to my surprise is when they all realized that we were here, we were actually part of this all along. That was kind of a almost a chilling moment to me of, wow, the realization of that, that they were on this bus when it happened. They were part of these events unknowingly. And that I thought that was neat. That was a touching moment. And what sells it the most is Graham's not wanting to be there. For yes, it. absolutely. And not wanting oh. to contribute to the situation. I thought he and both Jody Whitaker pulled off amazing performances in the tension of that bus scene. Was it? Well, all of them did actually. Yeah. You could just tell that they were all very uncomfortable with what their role now was in this. Um, I'm glad that they had few sci-fi elements when, when there was science fiction, y things going on like the, 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 uh, displacement time, displacement beam. When they were doing that things, it was, it was, pocketed away it was quiet it was out of out of shot um and i thought that they really kind of gave the mood of what the era would have been like especially with the way that they're treated in the bar getting kicked out the way that ryan is treated on the street by the Mm -hmm. gentleman as well i'm not gonna call him a gentleman the (laughs) guy and his wife uh the police officer that comes in you you I think they really hit all of the tempos of what it must have been like in the deep South at that time. And I, I, I've never experienced that. And I don't want to say that was exactly what it was like, but I think they got there to convey that feeling. And I thought that did for, for a doctor who, and this was the first time we watch a lot of Hartnell stories that are historicals and I watch them and, and I always gleam a little bit of information from them. I, I know enough about some historical moments now, gunfighters, to know that they're <laughs> they're they're not always accurate, and sometimes it's just at the sake of of doing a story. But I think I do learn a few things, and I've always said that in the 1960s, for them to do something that they felt that they were at least giving kids a spoonful of sugar of history, that that was a good thing. I think this is the first time in many years that they've been able. And they didn't give it with the spoonful this time, but to give <laughs> somebody a realization or even maybe a small history lesson on what it must have been like in that situation and i think that that you can learn a little something i know this move that this this episode is not meant to completely teach you about that but you can learn something from this story and and that's what i really liked about it and I, again, I, I, I'll, 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 I'll let you guys talk in a minute, but I'll, I'll go on with, I think the, the production values of this series are just amazing. Uh, the, the, the directions are great. The visuals are fantastic and it really looks, I don't, I don't want to say what Moffat and, and Davis was doing were felt amateurish, but these three episodes really make them look more like amateur productions. And I don't, I don't mean that in that they, that they weren't professional and they didn't do some really good visualizations, but these really feel like small scope film to me. Yeah. Uh, just the way they're shot. They really choreographed the, the, yeah, the, the colorization of, of the, those of new the, lenses are incredible. I think that's probably what it is, but, and, and so the, the quality of, of the television aside from the storytelling has just been amazing. I just, I love to drink it in. I think some of that is also the cinematography and the direction of them. Uh, and the fact that, well, 
Moffitt and Davies would take their time sometimes. All of these these three stories specifically don't feel frantic, don't feel rushed. They feel well-paced. They feel they let you luxuriate in the moments and the situation of the story, whereas the other ones almost move at breakneck speeds at times, and these have not at all. They take time to explore the characters and the situations that they're in, I think, a little bit more. And they don't shy away from taking some of the action off screen so right. that something will happen there and then we'll move to, you know, 20 minutes later, or a half hour later, or an hour later, and you notice it but it's not yeah it's not like it maybe it doesn't feel so breakneck because they aren't afraid to do some of the story until they off off screen and i think that that works well i think to that point i think a lot of it has to do with the 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 structure of it which goes back to the scripting but the the scenes where i i can't you can't remember ryan i can't remember her name yes yes Yes. her i remember because it's it's an unusual (laughs) you would think i would remember that the 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 sequences, sure for Yasmin, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. The sequences with Yaz in the library, and then doing research and pouring over maps and connecting the dots and do, it's very slow, painstakingly methodical research. We wouldn't have got that no. in, in in the previous ten years. We'd have gotten another chase sequence yeah, yeah. In, in there somewhere, or it would have been a real quick montage of "Look, we went into the maps." Kind of, I like, don't even think they, we'd have got a montage. Kind of like "Face the Raven." We I, got I a we montage got where they yeah. did the, the but thing, they, but they know how to not make it tedious and boring too. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not boring at all. It's it, it's just it's such a in a way it's a strange departure from what's come before. It almost feels again very third doctor where he's in a lab somewhere doing real right, science right, for an episode. Yeah. And it was like, oh, okay. And I, I was, I was kind of stuck on that initially because it was like, yeah, I'm watching Dr. Who, right? My, my, my brain's in gear and we're, we're, we're looking at maps. We're in a library, but we're not being chased by a shadow. What is going on here? And so it took me a moment, just kind of shift gears to kind of settle down and go with the flow of it. But I thought that was very cool that it, it had such a different feel to it. I think some of it also comes down to the caliber of actors they've gotten so far because they can have these long lingering shots just on the actors' faces and they can convey several things throughout that lingering shot before they move on to whatever else is going on. I think that's a large testament to the actors and how they can take their time with the story a little bit more. They allow those pauses for reactions. And you mentioned the lenses and how it was shot. There's a, in particular, there was a shot of, of Jody um, in profile and the depth of focus was such that everything in the background was, was blurred out. It was just her and it was a longer sequence. And that's not something again that you would have gotten. They would not have even attempted that previously or let alone dwelled on it for as long as they did. So yeah, it's definitely definitely looks like a different show. Um, what did you think? I really liked it. I thought it felt very much like a a return to that Hartnell era historicals, whereas the sci-fi element of it is very small, and it's not some huge part that makes you go, oh, really? There's witches and Shakespeare? Oh, okay, I guess that can influence him. And, or there's you know. giant rock monsters under the volcano of Vesuvius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or an invisible chicken in France. Uh, <laughs> but it, it was just believable enough that it barely made it a sci-fi 
aspect of things. The fact that it was almost a pure historical, I really appreciated. And I like the I'm fact... I'm glad you said almost pure historical. Because almost. I have seen so many people comment with, I'm so glad that they've done another pure historical. No. There's no pure historical about this. There wasn't even pure historical. When the TARDIS materializes in it location, no it's a... no longer a pure <laughs> historical. It may be a historical. It may be a nearly pure historical, but it is not a pure historical. Well, and then there's also the difference of period and historical. Yeah, which we've talked ad hoc Yes. About. So this was almost a historical because of the, the Fonzie dude. <laughs> The greaser, I guess, the more greaser. than Fonzie. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. I think my only problem with him was that he's there to unravel history, but I don't feel that we got much. Why? Why? What his end goal yeah, was, other yeah. than the fact that apparently he's racist too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is what they're, they overtly implied but it just well i don't think they overtly applied he flat out said the history the future's gone wrong because of people like you yeah, guess, he was talking to yeah, ryan that's, so i guess he's straight right. out yeah. racist but yeah. what he was trying to accomplish by doing this who knows which is a sad statement for the history or the uh, the future in the doctor who universe is that there are still people out there <laughs> like that. and so far future too yeah. yeah well they were called daleks previously yes yeah <laughs> good point yeah um, I, I like the fact that the show fully tackled the subject matter of, especially in today's day and age of racism. I don't f- know if the show had really done it to this level previously. I mean, it's kind of been veiled uh, comments on the subject based off of, you know, well, just because they're alien doesn't mean they're evil. Right, or, yeah, or yeah. All of, and, and the mutants, for one thing, or the right, savages. Or yeah. They, they do, they make social commentary, but they always, you know, as you said, veil it under some sort of variant. They put the sci-fi coat, yes. a paint on it, yes. and this didn't have that, and I thought it was great that they did that and took a stance on it so strongly that the way they did. I think the uh, the, the difference between this one and the, the previous historicals that we, we've had and why this one feels so much more authentic, both in uh, the look and tone and the fact that they really, you felt like they nailed it so good, um, I think it's because it's more recent. I, I well, think we've, we, we've We've ranged into an area that has been documented. And we're very familiar with it. And we're very familiar with it. Especially with it being our own history yeah, I mean, as Americans. It, it, it's easy to put rock monsters... Uh, under Vesuvius because we don't really know <laughs> there were no cameras there I'm pretty sure there were no rock monsters but, but, but again the idea is that <laughs> other than the the factually documented events that took place right, right. we don't know what it was really like we don't right. know what the market square was like we can we know what a bus in the there are people yeah, who were watching were this like. episode were that were alive when the actual events right. happened yes. yeah and and so when you talk about um, you know witches with Shakespeare and things like that again we can extrapolate that this is probably what it was, but we don't have that secondhand knowledge of it versus this, which is secondhand knowledge or firsthand knowledge to some people. And so I think that has to do with where not only did they probably feel like they had to step up the game and do it properly, but it probably lent a little ease in a way of doing it because there was more photographic evidence and stuff that they could document and go, oh, okay, the buses were green. Um, or maybe not. I don't know. But um, well, enough has been written about the time with certainty that you can really 
do your research and capture what it was like at the time. Whereas we don't, as you said, we don't really know what it was like in Vesuvius around that time. We can extrapolate the information, but there are people who can tell us, here's what it was like during yeah. this. And they can then translate that to screen even easier. It made me realize how much of history the Doctor has not visited. Which is kind of a weird thing to say on when screen. the show's been on. Yeah, on screen. <laughs> on screen. Uh, when you know the show's been on for 50 plus years, that. It's like, well, no, he's, he's pretty much covered all of it. And it's like, well, no, not really. <laughs> um, and as an American, once again, I find myself embarrassed and kind of disgusted with our history and um, the, the, the tonal attitudes that were perfectly acceptable at the time. It's like, no, they weren't. They, 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 they were never acceptable. Um, but at the same time, very proud that there were people that stood up like yes. Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X and the number and the numbers of people that did. And, 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 you know, white and black alike that are the boycotts of the buses is what, you know, kicked off the civil rights. Well, movement, and so. that was something that when they touched on. And and Graham had the information, being the bus driver. I was like, oh, that's really... <gasps> no, because it's. I suddenly worried where they were going to go with that. That he was going to have to pose <laughs> as was the gonna, I thought they were going yeah, to go did, there, too. I, I, I was so didn't. worried that they were going to yeah. do that, not only for Graham's sake, but just because that suddenly skirts that we're no longer writing parallel with history and watching it. We're actively participating in it. And then they started to actively participate, but still on the fringes of it. And, and then they go to the lake. And the guy's sitting there, and he's all like, or I guess it was at the bar, and, you know, well, I'm going to be gone, and well, what about this? Well, it'll happen or it won't. And the guy just kind of was very nonchalant about it. And I was like, oh, God, here it comes. He's going to have to step in and be the guy. And I didn't want to see it. I did not want, for Graham's sake, I did not want to have to see him be the guy that had to tell Rosa right, to get off the bus. Right. I just, I... I I, I don't think I could have handled that. No, yeah. I don't think he could have handled. No, I don't think he could no, have either. Not. I'm glad they didn't put him yeah. in that position. But it was, it was hard enough the, that he was on the bus. Yeah, that he was on the bus, and one of the people that forced her to would have forced her to move. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, we've talked a lot in the the first two episodes about how fantastic Jodie Whittaker has been. The look on her face when she tells everybody, "We can't get up." Yeah, and we can't help. Her. It pained her to say to admit that that was the case. Yeah, and and just just to sit there rigid and not cast a glance of I'm really sorry, or or anything that had to have killed the doctor. It just had mm, to, have, yeah. and Jody conveyed it beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, I this is going to sound terrible. I'm going to say it anyway. I my only complaint with this episode. You mentioned Quantum Leap, and I, I, I that totally got a Quantum Leap vibe off of it. I loved it for all of those reasons. See, and I, I also very much got an eleven twenty two sixty three vibe off of it. Didn't watch that yet, but it's on my list. But it, it feels very much like it's because it's something in the past and somebody in the present trying to make sure it either happens or doesn't. I mean, whichever way you're going to view it, it felt very different from most Doctor Who in the fact that. You know, we normally we get in there and we they meddle full 
bore and mess everything up and try to fix it. Or other time travel shows do the same thing, but to skirt that line so carefully of we're just trying to make nudge it back on track just a little bit instead of, you know, getting heavily involved. I really like that aspect of it. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 you're, you're totally right. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I liked it so much. But it didn't feel like Doctor Who. No. And I'm okay with that. I think, I think that's just it. I think it doesn't it, always have to feel like Doctor it, it, Who. It, it, it struck a weird chord that because it was so much more like Quantum Leap, which again, I love Quantum Leap. That's one of my favorite shows. But I know what to expect going into Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap's got a vibe and a feel. Right, and right, right. That. Doctor Who's got a different vibe and a different feel. And this didn't feel like Doctor Who. And even to the, the slowdown of the pacing and the, the very rich atmosphere uh, and everything that went on with it. And I, I kept going, why Why is this? Why is it off? Why am I not? Because I should be on board with this. I should just be all over this. And there was just this little tickle that it just wasn't quite. And the only thing I can come down on is it just didn't feel like my show. And I'm using yeah. quotes here. But again, that's not a bad thing. No, that's narrow-mindedness. Narrow sh- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, no, yeah, so they're preaching against their show. No, it may, 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 and I'm willing to admit, maybe it is. Well, maybe I, I I've become no, so set in my I, I'm, I'm really kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm poking the bear here because I, I, I agree. This is not a quintessential Doctor Who episode. No. But. For the I, I, same reason that um, sleep no more, sleep no more. What was right. the one on the ship with the that Gaddis wrote that the was, sand ones? Uh, yeah. yeah, sleep no more. Sleep, sleep no more. more to me never felt like a Doctor Who episode. No. Even Blink doesn't feel like a Doctor Who episode. It's got elements of the Doctor. It's got elements of Doctor Who, but it doesn't feel like a Doctor Who episode with me. Now that one particularly because there's so little of the Doctor. In. <laughs> but even fear her, fear her feels like a Doctor Who episode. There's a lot less of the Doctor in that one. But in the same way, not in the same tone, but in the same way that there are, that we have had episodes, but maybe this one feels the least like a Doctor Who episode. And probably because the not only did they change the tone of it, but they had to strip out most of the science fiction. Yeah, that's what I was about to mention was the fact that there was so little of it that made it feel a little less like Doctor Who, which isn't a bad thing. No. And, and again, it's, I think it's going to go into the pile of this is a phenomenal episode, but I would not recommend it to somebody who has never watched the show before. Yeah, so don't, yeah. don't put no, this one in that. No. Oh, you got to watch this one first. You come to this one eventually. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. The other part of it that uh, I hate to nitpick the Fonz. I loved all the touches. I loved the fact that he had a vortex manipulator. That we went there. I love the fact that we mentioned Storm Cage and that we we kind of. Yeah, we built up some of the mythology and sampled things, and it's all fan service, but it's like, yeah, okay, great. And then he has no motivation for doing what he's doing, other than we presume him being racist. And then the dispatching of him. I had some issues with the dispatching that, of him That Ryan also. uses the gun and blows him into the past at some point, and we're just going to leave it there. Now, we've joked before about cannons and other things being left around that nobody ever picks up from the past. And it's like, this did, guy's did, actively trying to he, alter history. Did he blast him into the past? I thought, yeah. he, I thought they said the setting was for, like, the future. He's, well, he said he changed it to the far past. Oh, he turned okay. it backward as far as it could go. Oh, okay. Because okay. even with his comment, you like the past so much, go live there. Oh, he, he does say that. Yeah, yeah you're right. I and then he tells the doctor, right, turn the knob as far as it would go. So we're presuming that he wound up with... Dinosaurs. Know, <laughs> dinosaurs or maybe now he's gonna you know affect the uh the the the, the scaroth the, yeah the scaroth <laughs> spaceship and you know, maybe he's all that way back. well i wonder if maybe that that if you of course 
butterfly effect applies in some logic, but maybe they thought if they sent him far enough in the past that he couldn't, it, it would just be part of nature. There would be no manipulating any sort right. of events. And, and so that's kind of where I feel a little let down on the, on the science and yeah, my doctor yeah, who yeah. is like, well, okay, so is this guy going to come back? Are we now setting that up for something? Okay, so, I just sort of wondered that. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. It's very possible. Just from a logic standpoint, if he's meddling with time, don't give him the opportunity. Don't send him back in time where he can set something else. I up. wonder if, and I think that there's, these are still rumblings. There's no official statement, but some rumblings this week were that River was returning, that they've oh. been in talks with Alex Kingston to bring her onto the show, and I kind of wondered if that either was sprungboard from the fact that the trappings are very similar. We have Storm Cage, we have a Vortex Manipulator, we have a, a Rogue. Um, a criminal um, that's escaping. That it, no, he got actually got out. He finished his time in Storm Cage. Yeah, but because um, well, she, she asked about <laughs> how did you break out or what, and it finds out that yeah, he, he actually he released. He got the neural inhibitor. But it makes me just way back in the back recesses of my mind think. I wonder if maybe they do. They are flirting with the idea of bringing River in, and she's familiar with him and the doctor has to reach out to her to find out more information about him so they can track him and figure out i don't know i I'm, if they I'm, if they want to go there i'm all for I'm it. extrapolating I, there, a there's a part of me that i'm done with there. river i don't want to see river I, i'm anymore. the same way just because yeah. we had the perfect send-off mm-hmm. but by that same token if we want to bring river back in order for her to interact with jody and have that moment i'm like okay yeah I, I, as a fan i'd kind of want to see that but i also think the fact that we've got this the vortex manipulator in particular, but his mannerism and the way that I almost suspected that maybe he was another rogue time agent or that he was so his partner too. or something like that. I did too. Well, now we've got that opportunity. If you want to go there, go there. Bring back both Captain Jack and River. I've got a and better. Tie that into I've this. got a or better. Or even Captain John. I've got a or better. I've got a better plan, guys. You guys will love this. We find out that he got the bracelet from Dorian. And we have to bring Dorian back into there the story go. in order to find out who this guy is and where he might be headed next. Totally sold. I told Absolutely. you. <laughs> I knew Absolutely. you'd like it. I like it. And there's a way to bring Dorian back. And then Simon Fisher Becker can go back on it the is show. Now, I like it so much, it's now officially my headcanon. That's where he got the vortex <laughs> manipulator from. Sadly, that... he probably got the information of where to get it from River while he was in Storm Cage <laughs> because she doesn't know what he's going to do with oh, the information. Yeah, yeah. You know? He befriends her. Finds out where she's getting her vortex manipulators. She sends him to Dorium. Dorium <laughs> sells him one at the right price. Oh yeah, I can get it for you wholesale. <laughs> sends it back, <laughs> wrist included. <laughs> I, my, now I want to go watch those episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I think my issue with the departing of him, of his de- his dispatching, was more that it felt like. Ryan should have been chastised by the doctor and we didn't get that moment. Like, it felt like something that was brash for Ryan to do and didn't feel like the doctor would have approved of it. By her not saying something, it almost makes one wonder, and I don't, but I think it could make somebody think that the, that was part of their whole plan all along and that the doctor would have been on it in on it. Which I don't think that's the case because I don't think she would have gone to that measure. I don't, I don't think she would have asked. She also asked, well, where's what's-his-face? Yeah. 
And I don't think she would well, have done that if that was the plan. But she would have if she just said set the dial back to the past. Yeah. And so she's asking, where did you send him? And I he guess just he, says, I turned it as far as I could. That's so. a lot more headcanon than I'm willing to. No, no, I, I agree. <laughs> but I, I, I guess that's kind of like there is wiggle there room a lottery there. there. That's why I'm saying is I think a lot of people might be confused as to whether the doctor was in on the whole plan all along. And so by not addressing that or at least having her make some comment about that probably wasn't the best idea. It does make it sound like she's culpable for in that right. plan descending. Yeah, back. See, I don't. I don't think she was because See, the way she just when she brings up the gun and he's fiddling with it and she takes it from him and goes, "You do this, you do this, you do this." It's very nasty, and she throws it away once again. I have to take a gun away from Ryan. Yeah, she, and she has shown and him how right. to work this gun too. <laughs> yeah, well, and he, the way he, the way Ryan portrays the scene, it seems like he's came up with the idea of, "Oh, I should do this to get rid of them." Right before he does it, yeah. so that's what makes me think the doctor isn't involved. It, it kind of falls into his mo in you know, yeah, well, not only picking up a gun, shoot but just, first ask questions. Well, later. I wouldn't go quite there so much, but more <laughs> along much. the I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have yeah, it. That yeah. he's just being prepared. So yeah, okay, maybe I'm bring the gun with. I I do think the 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 time displacement gun is another one of those that sounds like a cool neato sci fi Doctor Who idea. Until you realize that the fact that it has a setting that allows you to put it backwards in time, we've now got a technological equivalent of a weeping angel. And in a way, that really just kind of even further pulls the teeth out of them because, okay, yeah, we could do that with a gadget. We don't need the... You know what I mean? I mean, it just, it's just... The impact on the user is still the same. Yeah, well, that's... Or the that's target, I, I suppose. Is. The impact on the target doesn't matter. They're yeah. still stuck in the past. It's still pretty horrific. Except for there's not something eating off your temporal, feeding off of your temporal energy yeah. <laughs> that you leave behind. Right. <laughs> Although maybe Which that's I never an got excuse the imp- to bring them back. The weeping angels want to get the time disruptor because it's got that energy in it. All that temporal energy. <laughs> They're going to show up at the manufacturing plant. <laughs> Try again. We'll come back later. <laughs> what? Uh... <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, yeah, these haven't been used yet. <laughs> we have to wait for them to get out of yeah, here. Right. <laughs> um, no, I, weeping angel. I think would be one of the things I was really concerned with, and I don't know why, maybe because of the, the, the context text of the episode, was I almost was as, as worried as I was leading into going into watching this episode and then relieved with the way that they handled the episode. I was that much afraid to go to the Internet and, watch, and look at the reviews. And there are people that didn't like it. And I respect, in fact, I respect a lot of the, the, the things they've brought up for why they don't like it. And I think that's okay. But it was also very encouraging that nine out of every 10 reviews I read were very positive and they loved the, the episode. So there is, a, there is a small number of people that don't like it. And they have, I think they have very good reasons for not liking it, but they weren't the same. They, they weren't reasons that caused me not to like it. So that was encouraging. I think it, part of me selfishly wants this series to work and resonate and be good because of the groundbreaking changes that it did, because of the backlash that it got leading into this. And so I think maybe I want that. I, I don't want Doctor Who to fail now. And I, I, 
I can't see in any way that it possibly could. And mm-hmm. so I keep, I, I mean, I'm just guarded by the negativity that we had leading into the series. I'm so guarded now that I'm very su- relieved and surprised when I go out onto the internet and go, people are really loving Doctor Who. So That's refreshing because I, I was in, in the same boat of being a little apprehensive, a little worried, a little nervous about it because it's recent history. It's something that I can pin down and go, well, that's not really how that works um, and wanted to make sure they do it well. But also because, yeah, there has been that nameless fandom group that complained about Star Wars being all female and all minority and what are they doing to science fiction and blah, 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 no, blah. It turns out those were a bunch of Russians. And they may have been Russian bots. <laughs> um, but I, I wondered if they came you know, over into the Doctor Who fandom and we're having the same issues with this season because it's all female. Doctor Who's still just subversive enough that the Russian bots have not claimed <laughs> to it. <laughs> they, don't, they don't get it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I had managed to stay away from really all of the reviews, all of the commentary on Facebook and whatnot uh, until after I watched it. And then I... Just oh yeah, I did the same. Just glossed over a couple of them that all seemed to be fairly positive. So yeah, I waited until after. Boy, there's I, there is no getting on the internet before. Oh no, absolutely when not. Doctor Who comes on in the UK to the point that we see it on BBC America. <laughs> I am radio silence. Oh yeah. I think I'd only seen like maybe one negative comment about the episode. That was about it. I was going into it. I was a bit more concerned just the fact that it was a period piece and you know sometimes Doctor Who period pieces while the production values are normally very good the stories can be kind of sketchy and I'm glad that this one unicorn really delivered. Unicorn of the Wasp. <laughs> exactly. No you guys exactly. like the Unicorn of the Wasp. I'm not going to go. I like it for the, not, I, I like it for to go down that road again. I like it for its camp. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't do that with Rosa Parks. Yeah, oh yeah no exactly. So I was really worried that that camp aspect of most historicals have that because it's Doctor Who and this didn't, so I was really, really pleased. They could have been the gunfighters. <laughs> they could have broken into song, and <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Anything else about this story that we uh, want to touch on? Exceptionally well done. Exceptional acting. Exceptional writing and directing too. All right. Well, we got coming up on the next schedule. No, what are we coming up on the schedule for next week? There you go. There you go. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, and I did schedule like I was Sean Connery. I meant schedule. Schedule. <laughs> schedule. Well, we're going to do the next episode of uh, Doctor Who. That's I didn't coming see out. that coming. You didn't <gasps> see it coming? Shock. That's why I oh, ask I you every week after every yeah. after week after week what's coming up on the schedule. Uh, I don't remember the title. So. Arachnids in the UK. Oh, no. <laughs> So here is going to be your camp. <laughs> Which is okay. Possibly some singing. Which is okay. Ooh, a proper Halloween story at Halloween. Yeah. Ooh. If you're afraid of spiders, if you're not afraid of spiders, it's not going to be scary. Well, but I think, but, but no, no, no. I, by that I mean just the context of spiders. And, I mean, that, they, yeah, they're, it's, they're a, it's a Halloween, Halloween thing. You know, yeah. They're just coupled. Whether you're scared of them or not, that's, that's a creepy thing that they... The moon know. is an egg. And so, you know, just coupling that with the week that, in fact, they probably said, what's our fourth episode? Okay, that's where we're going to start Doctor Who on October. <laughs> they, they counted it back from Halloween. And that's how we got the start date. <laughs> uh, 
Like, probably not. But so, uh, what, what, what do we think? Are these uh, are the, are these going to be spiders from the moon? Are these going to be uh, uh, honest to goodness uh, uh, great spiders from Metabolus Three? Or is this going to be uh, a? Here, I think it's going to be a whole new a thing. whole new thing. Would be mutated Earth spiders, radioactive <laughs> spiders, <laughs> with with Ryan running around going, "Bite me, bite me! Come on, what do you bite me? <laughs> I want to sling webs, crawl walls." <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anything else we need to uh, finish up before we close this episode? I do want to remind people that you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, Google Play. Um, I'm missing one. Any of those podcast catchers? We're still working Did you say on iTunes. We're still working. It, no, it's because I said Apple Podcasts because they've kind of changed their uh, yeah, delivery. Uh, we're still work- we're still working on Spotify. I've got to get back with them. We've got some correspondence in, so I'm trying to figure out what the holdup is. Anyway, if people want to contact us uh, to send feedback, how do they do that? Yeah, let us know what you think of these episodes. Send it to feedback at travelingthevortex.com, or you can fill, fill out the form at travelingthevortex.com. And if they want to send us some money to help fund our podcast, keep us on the uh, internet. That is through Patreon. Uh, we are... Very proud of our Patreon supporters and thank them very much. And if you would like to become one and uh, help your new favorite podcast out, you can go to patreon.com backslash traveling the vortex. There are also links on our website. Or if you want to help your old favorite podcast. <laughs> yeah, for been... some people, this might be their old favorite that's podcast. That's true. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I am Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.